0: Welcome to the Natural Products Resource Center podcast. We're curating credible information about natural products brought to you by a clinician, pharmacist, Hillary Blackburn. With the increase in the use of natural products such as cannabis, dietary supplements, herbs, and essential oils over the past few years, the purpose of this podcast is to bring expert information to our audience of healthcare professionals and even the public who want to learn more. This podcast is not intended to be for direct medical advice. Please refer to your doctor pharmacist or other healthcare professional for specifics related to your own health. All right, so today we have a special guest on the natural products Resource Center podcast our guest is dr. Rechna Patel she has been in the field of medical cannabinoids since 2012 after spending years training as an emergency medicine physician Rechna completed her undergraduate studies at Northwestern University in Illinois, and earned her medical degree from Touro University in California. In 2014, she opened her own practice so that she could offer people care they otherwise wouldn't have access to. In 2019, she wrote the CBD Oil Solution, which was published by Penguin Random House, and in 2020, she became the CEO of her own CBD company, Doc Patel's. Dr. Patel's knowledge of CBD oil has made her an asset in the specialty. She's been interviewed on over 200 podcasts, has taken the stage internationally to spread awareness, has been featured in articles for Life Hacker and Mind Body Green, and has appeared on major news networks such as NBC. Her insights into the field have helped many, many people. Dr. Patel, welcome to the Natural Products Resource Center podcast.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you could fill in any gaps to that intro or share a little bit more about your personal life.
1: Um, Yeah, so... uh in terms of my personal life, I haven't lived more than two years in one place. So I've moved around quite a bit. I've gone from living in New Jersey to Illinois, to California, to Texas, and now I'm back in Illinois. So I've lived throughout the United States and then sprinkle in some more states in between for training (laughs) as well. Mm -hmm. So,
0: Yeah. Well, that is fascinating. And I I'm sure that you were exposed to a lot of different, um, you know, ways of doing things. And so since we're talking about CBD, um, that varies from state to state. Uh, so where, where are you practicing now again, just to remind us, um, so that we kind of know where you are in, in the, the country today. Yeah. So
1: at this point in time, I'm not formally practicing. Um, what I'm doing is I am the CEO of a CBD products company and, um, I'm still continuing to do consults through, through the company. However, that's not, um, you know, my primary focus from day to day. My primary focus is really running the company.
0: Yeah. And is that based in California or, or where are you based?
1: It is is we're, we're based in the Chicagoland area. Uh, so in the suburbs of Chicago and Illinois.
0: Okay. Awesome. Uh, great. And in Illinois, of course, is one that has passed medical cannabis. And then, of course, CBD um, with the 2018 farm bill has become pretty ubiquitous across the country. So, um, Dr. Bertel, let's just kind of start. How did your journey into learning more about medicinal cannabinoids come to be?
1: So it all started with an ad on Craigslist that said medical marijuana doctor (laughs) needed. And and I responded (laughs) to the ad. Now, it wasn't like on a whim kind of thing. Uh, I saw the ad um, because I didn't sleep during residency. So I was like wired most of the time. And so I was kind of in this a lot of times in this hazy phase where I was I was too wired to fall asleep, but then too tired to actually be productive. And that's when you usually find yourself surfing the internet. So I was on Craigslist. I had like a a minimally furnished apartment. I was looking for for free furniture on Craigslist. and So virtually dumpster diving, essentially. (laughs) And I um, I, I happened to click on the section that said medical and health, just out of curiosity. And so I was just looking around. And uh, there was an ad that, uh, that popped up or a posting that popped up that said um, medical marijuana doctor needed. And before that point in time, I had never even known that such a, you know, this, this sort of specialty even existed. So I, you know, that piqued my curiosity. I then started, you know, uh, into a rabbit hole for like a good year, um, just digging into the research on cannabinoids. And by year's end, uh, I-, I was convinced, I was really compelled, based on the research, though preliminary, that cannabinoids had the potential to treat chronic pain in a way that conventional medicine wasn't. Now, also going through residency training, I was finding myself like super disillusioned, um, like any bright eyed, medical school grad, you know, you went into it to impact lives, to, to help people. And essentially what I was finding was that, uh, you know, what do you do in the ER? You, you end up seeing a lot of pain, whether it's, whether it's headaches, abdominal pain, back pain. And as long as there's no emergent cause, you typically discharge the patient with instructions to follow up with their primary care doctor and with a script for pain management medications, typically opioids. Now, given the nature of our healthcare system, A lot of these patients would come back into the emergency room and they would say the medications didn't work, they were experiencing side effects from the medications, Uh, or in the worst case of scenarios, I was in the unfortunate position of having to resuscitate patients that had either intentionally or unintentionally overdosed on, on the medications, on the opioids. And so really, I felt like, okay, I'm not really solving a problem here. I am, in fact, perpetuating a problem, you know? Um, And so, so, you know, the the two sort of went hand in hand in terms of, you know, going through training, feeling this way, where it was like, I mean, is this, do I really want to like continue to perpetuate a problem for the rest of my life? Uh, versus, you know, I, I happened on this field of medicine that I didn't know existed and delved deep into it and, and really saw potential um, in, in, in cannabinoids as a medication. Um, and so it's one thing to have the book knowledge. You really need to have the people knowledge, right, to be a good clinician. And so that's when I decided at the end of the year that, you know, I'm going to sign up to work at a medical marijuana clinic. And that was back in 2012. And there's no, been no turning back
0: since. Wow. Yeah. So so tell us a little bit, of course, you, you know, as an ER physician, we're probably seeing tons and tons of, of opioid seeking and, and overdoses and things like that. Um, tell us a little bit more about kind of what the evidence has been about, um, you know, um, well, can, uh, cannabis uh, the, and the potential for overdose with that, or versus um, that is a potential alternative to opioids. What what are some what's some of the research showing there?
1: Sure. So overall, I would say it's far safer and far more effective, uh, and it's in no way lethal. Cannabinoids are in no way lethal. So um, the one study that really had an influence on my decision was a study conducted by Dr. Donald Abrams. And this was conducted back in 2011. And uh, basically, it was a pilot study where they took uh, patients with HIV, AIDS, who had neuropathy. And they were already on a regimen of opioids. I believe it was like uh, methadone and... um, Oxycodone, possibly. I don't know the exact opioids that they were they were on in that study, but they were on a regimen of opioids, and they had these patients inhale cannabis, and they found two things. Number one, that these patients um, experienced greater pain relief with the addition of the of the cannabinoids in their regimen, and then the other thing was was that they found that. Um, the patients were, needed a lower dose of the opioids and so um, therefore experienced fewer side effects from the opioids. So, so that was a very influential study. And that is what I found throughout my clinical experience as well, not just for chronic pain, but also for anxiety and for insomnia. Um, those are the most common uh, c- uh, conditions that I treated in practice. Um, and so there's, there's quite a bit of evidence. Uh, let's go through anxiety, for instance, in terms of mechanism of action. Well, let me say potential mechanism of action, because we actually don't know for sure. So what we do know based on research in animal models is that CBD interacts with the uh, 5-HT1A serotonin receptor. Now, uh, you know, you know, as, as, as pharmacists who are listening you very well know that what's often prescribed for anxiety are ssris right so selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors so what's believed is that they're you know both medications cbd and ssris are working similarly by acting on the serotonin pathway and helping to alleviate anxiety it's the same with migraines right so often prescribed are triptans which also impact the serotonin pathway and same thing, um, it's believed that the way that CBD impacts the uh, it relieves the pain of migraines is by impacting the serotonin pathway. So that's, that's one of the ways that, uh, one of the mechanisms by which it impacts migraines and anxiety. Um, when it comes to chronic pain, um, it, it acts as an anti-inflammatory, one. Number two, it dampens the uh, pain signals that are transmitted um, peripherally to the central nervous system, and then the third thing is is that it um, it almost obscures the emotional processing of pain. Right. So there's two components to pain. There's the physical component where the brain is is uh, recognizing that this part of my body hurts, and then the, there's an the emotional component where, um, it, you know, the brain is saying, okay, this doesn't feel good. So, so it it, it you know sort of uh disrupts that connection between between the physical processing of pain and the emotional processing of pain. And so clinically what i found is that oftentimes patients in pain will tell me, you know, i know that i'm aware that the pain is there, but it doesn't bother me as much. And so i'm able to to you know uh, to conduct my activities of daily living um uh, uh without without disruption from the pain. So, so it's working in a lot of different ways, um, and a lot of this we know based on research in animal
0: models. Definitely, um, yeah. And then there was was some some good information that was put out. Oh, I just here recently within the last couple of years um, that was compiled from the National Academies of science and, and medicine. Um, but yes, there, there are challenges because, um, doing evidence-based research, uh, is, is hard with, uh, cannabis still being a, uh, schedule one drug, uh, at the federal level. Um, so yeah, it's, it's helpful to, to see some of the animal models and, and some of the, but a lot of the other things do kind of get, um, uh, categorized as as anecdotal, um, but there are a lot of different ways that um, CBD and, and cannabis has been helpful. Um, first, could you you know just uh, explain briefly the difference between CBD and cannabis, and then what are some of the the indica- you know different conditions that um, people have have found most helpful when, uh, they are buying a uh, CBD, um, from, you know, the CBD that you've created.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the plant it, itself, right? So you have the cannabis family of plants and they're typically, um, uh, uh, separated into, into two different, they're, they're not different types of plants, but they're almost like siblings, right? So you have, you have in the family, you have hemp and you have marijuana. And the difference between the two is a legal distinction. Um, it, it's the same genus, the same species. So basically, by law, hemp has, or and hemp and hemp derived products have less than 0.3% THC. And then by default, marijuana has more than 0.3% THC. Okay? So both plants make, make typically the full spectrum of cannabinoids. The ones that occur in greatest concentration are CBD and THC. With hemp based uh, plants uh, or hemp plants, you have a greater concentration of CBD compared to THC because the THC is less than 0.3%. And then with marijuana based products, um, you have plants that are, you know, that range from, um, you also have plants that are high in CBD that have uh, equal amounts of CBD and THC. And then you have plants that have high amounts of THC as well. So um, so that's essentially uh, you know, the, the difference um, between, uh, in the cannabis family of plants. Now, what's the difference between CBD and THC? So essentially, um, they, are, they are cannabinoids. Um, they're phytocannabinoids specifically because they're derived from the cannabis family of plants. Um, main thing that, that people walk away with is that THC is a psychoactive component, um, uh, whereas CBD is not psychoactive. And then in clinical practice, what I found is that about 80% of conditions CBD is effective for, and then about another 20% of conditions THC is effective for. And then you have conditions that fall in between um, where they need about equal amounts of CBD and THC.
0: Okay. That's super helpful. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just to, to further clarify for the listeners about the differences between the plants and, uh, Dr. Patel, you, you have created your own CBD product and tell us a little bit more about why you decided to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So being a physician. Um, I always got the question, what brand of CBD products do you recommend? Mm-hmm. Um, and how should I take these products? Now, believe it or not, the hemp industry is less regulated than the marijuana industry. And the irony is, is that there's greater access to hemp-based products than there there is to marijuana-based products. So... Um, I I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, uh, you know, a lot of these um, uh, companies that create CBD products, and it's also an unregulated industry, right? So, so anybody can say anything. Um, And, uh, you know, to be quite frank, there's a lot of hustlers in the industry. And so, you know, to meet their bottom line, they'll they'll say what they have to say. So I decided, okay, you know, I don't know who to trust, who not to trust. I'm just going to create my own line of CBD products. So um, I started with a, let's just say, let's call it a beta, a beta, beta um, uh, skew, one skew by working with a farmer in Colorado. This was back in 2018. Um, The product had about 350 milligrams of CBD in it. And I decided to work directly with a farmer because, again, in going through the manufacturers, I couldn't... I couldn't get straight answers. You know, I I knew being in the industry exactly what it is that I need to look for. I I knew that I need to look for laboratory test results. I need to look at the potency of CBD and THC. And, you know, from a medical standpoint, ensure that what's on the lab test results is within plus or minus what's on the label, uh, but plus or minus 20% of what's on the label. Uh, then I needed to look at uh, testing for microbial contaminants because I was treating patients who, some patients who had compromised immune systems and I didn't want to put them at risk. Um, I was also looking for uh, uh, testing for pesticides because, from you know, from what I know about the industry, there are banned pesticides that are used. Oftentimes, uh, pro- you know, products may have um, toxic levels of pesticides. Um, so, so that was something else I was looking for. Uh, the other thing is I wanted to ensure the products did not have any toxic levels of heavy metals. Um, and I wanted to ensure that the products were made with safe and non-toxic solvents, right? So like ethanol or and or carbon dioxide. Um, and a lot of times I wasn't getting this information. So I worked with the grower. I, um, I send out the product, you know, for laboratory testing. And the agreement that we had was that I'm not going to put any money down until we get uh, you know, a a skew that actually meets my criteria. And, and so this farmer was willing to work with me and we finally got it right. Um, and so I started selling that product and recommending that product, but then I found that, you know, I, you always find problems as you solve problems. You always find other problems to solve. And so the other thing was, was that I only had one SKU, that was one concentration. And depending on medical condition, you know, patients need different strengths of products. So, so I needed to expand my product line. Um, And by that time uh, was, it was towards the end of 2018, by the time Mm -hmm. Farm Bill 2018 had passed. by this time I had investors approaching me to, to sign on and work, you know, from in a medical capacity with their CBD products company. And so, uh, it was a matter of finding the right investors that believed in my vision. And, and finally I did find the right investors. So was able to expand the product line, not just in terms of strengths in turn, you know, yeah, cause I just had a sublingual formulation, but now we have a, an oral formulation. We have a topical formulation and not only that, but we have different options within these formulations in terms of concentrations, in terms of like, you know, like in terms of oral formulations, we have, we have gummies, we have capsules. Um, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of options available. So, so that's why I, I am where I am today for that reason um, to, to be able to offer people more options, but more than that, uh, an option of CBD products that they can trust.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's helpful because you do you see them um, you see products everywhere. I, I mean, even gas stations are selling CBD, and um, I certainly wouldn't feel as comfortable pos- probably um, recommending CBD from a gas station for a patient. But um, yeah, I think it's it's helpful to have healthcare professionals like yourself involved in. Um, ensuring that products are um, regulated and, and meeting high standards. Um, So going back to kind of the, the driver um, for, for your creation of, of the Doc Patel's brand of CBD, can you tell, um, you know, our listeners, uh, whether they be healthcare professionals or even patients um, a little bit more about, the importance of lab results and how can they, how can a consumer tell if CBD is of high quality?
1: Yeah. So lab, lab test results are of utmost importance. And if the company that's selling the CBD products does not make their lab test results available publicly, then just don't buy a CBD product from them, is what I would tell you. Transparency with laboratory test results is key. So for our products, we post our lab test results on our website. You don't even have to purchase the product to look at the lab test results. You, they're there for, for anyone's viewing. Um, I know with a lot of other CBD companies, you actually have to purchase a product, enter in your batch number. Um, so we don't, we don't do that. Um, and, and like I mentioned, you know, all the different factors that I go through, it's of utmost importance, uh, especially because it's an unregulated industry that you go through the laboratory test results. Um, first and foremost, you want to make sure that the product actually has CBD in it. There are products out there that, have, that claim to have X amount of CBD on the label, but then, you know, when the product's actually tested, it has like little to no CBD in it. So, you know, you just spent a, lot, a whole lot of money on a bottle, you know, like a one ounce bottle of olive oil (laughs) or coconut oil. Um, And then then the other thing is the amount of THC. Now, by law, most CBD products have to have less than 0.3% THC. Mm -hmm. But what most people don't take into account is that the product still has an absolute value of THC, right? So if you're consuming large amounts of that CBD product, it's possible that you can also consume um, a a significant quantity of the THC as well, and thereby potentially get high off of it. Um, So that's another thing to watch out for. And so for that reason, our products have non-detectable levels of THC, 0.00% THC. Uh, Like I mentioned, microbial contaminants um, especially important in, in patients who have compromised immune systems. These are even patients who are on, uh, for instance, uh, immunosuppressant drugs for autoimmune conditions, right? So for instance, a patient who's on methotrexate, for instance, for rheumatoid arthritis. Um, uh, so we, so products, you know, we test our product for E. coli, for salmonella, and then, you know, um, uh, Fungal components, fungal contaminants as well, like for instance Aspergillus, which is commonly occurring on the cannabis plant, um, and then like I mentioned, pesticides. Um, uh, you know, some of these these can be organophosphates, which which can uh, cause all sorts of neurotoxicities. Um, and then heavy metals. So what most people don't know is that the cannabis family of plants are known as bioaccumulators. So they soak up heavy metals in, in their environment, namely arsenic, cadmium, lead, and mercury. Right. So we certainly don't want, you know, for instance, a child to end up with lead poisoning because we had, you know, toxic levels of lead to seep into our products. So that is something that we test for. Um, and then the other important thing to know is that. In terms of the solvents that are used to extract the cannabinoids from the plants, Mm -hmm. uh, they fall into three categories, right? So two that I mentioned that are safe and non-toxic, ethanol and carbon dioxide. Um, Then there's hydrocarbons, okay? So these are being used less and less, but you still want to be cautious. Um, So with hydrocarbons, you know, they're using chemicals like like propane, butane, hexane, um, and oftentimes if the product is not properly processed, toxic residues can get left behind. And again, exposing um, the consumer to to potential health problems. So, so, So you can see that if you don't look, number one, if you don't ensure that the product has been laboratory tested, and number two, look for all these factors, you could end up doing more harm to your body than good at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Well, that is really helpful. And I I think that, um, it, it's a great direction to guide some, some consumers because it is a little bit of, of the wild, wild west out there. Um, and it, it, again, very helpful and important to get, um, accurate and, uh, truthful information out there. Um, so, Dr. Patel, can you, do, you know, just a few other, you know, conditions about, um, you know, what are some things that, you know, you're really seeing patients, um, uh, are there any reviews or things where they've had really good results, um, you know, or, or certain things like, you know, is it more preferred to do the topical for one condition versus um, the, you know, a, an oral For another condition, are you seeing any um, differences in formulations uh, per condition or or any other kind of um, general guidance for people who are are just wanting to get a little more information about the CBD products?
1: Yeah, sure. So a lot of that comes down to medical history, honestly, in terms of um, dosing, you know, selecting the right combination of CBD and THC. Um, as well as frequency of dosing um, and, uh, uh, you know, best administration methods. So let me walk you through some examples. Um, certain conditions, like I mentioned before, are benefited by high amounts of CBD. So let me walk you through the list of most commons. Um, so I, uh, in terms of chronic pain, we're talking about migraines and headaches, like I mentioned, nerve-related pain, specifically mild to moderate nerve pain. When it gets severe, you do need some amount of THC to effectively treat the condition, right? So as examples, patients with severe spinal stenosis, patients with severe shingles, for example, uh, for these conditions, you do need some amount of THC to effectively treat the pain. Then um, you have muscle pain. And with muscle pain, it runs the gamut, right? It can be anything from a twitch to full-on uh, body spasticity that you can get with, like, multiple sclerosis, for instance. Um, so it's effective for that. Um, then uh, insomnia, specifically mild to moderate insomnia. And when I talk about mild to moderate insomnia, I'm talking about the insomniacs that experience insomnia, you know, every once in a while. You do have the insomniacs that experience severe insomnia, where they're essentially dependent. On a medication, whether it's over-the-counter or prescription, typically it's prescription, um, and more commonly it's Ambien, to to help them fall asleep. Um, With that, you do need um, some amount of THC to effectively treat severe insomnia. But mild to moderate insomnia, CBD is very effective for. Um, And then finally, anxiety. Uh, CBD is very effective for. So, and this this really is a very broad category, right? So, we're talking about things um, from autism because autism has a huge component of anxiety to it, all the way to uh, to OCD, to Tourette's, um, the ticks that are associated with Tourette's. So that that you know, umbrella is fairly broad, um, and also you know, generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder as well. Um, so that's, that's what CBD is most effective for in terms of THC. In addition to what I mentioned, um, THC is also effective for nausea, vomiting, and poor appetite. Um, and then I mentioned the severe insomnia and severe nerve pain. Now, when it comes to conditions that are benefited by both CBD and THC, um, typically it's autoimmune conditions where there's a large inflammatory component and, um, Theoretically, why this may be is that both CBD and THC on their own have anti inflammatory properties. Uh, however, when combined together, there's a synergistic effect. So, there may be an even greater anti inflammatory effect going on there to help relieve the symptoms that a lot of these patients are experiencing.
0: Yeah, very helpful. So, Dr. Patel, we've covered a lot of ground. And uh, as our final question, I'd love to ask, what is some final advice that you would tell um, fellow physicians, pharmacists, nurses, other healthcare professionals out there about the, about why it's important and how to stay up to date on CBD?
1: Absolutely. So here's the thing. Um, I, I think medical professionals uh, play a very important role when it comes to cannabinoids, because right now, what's going on, unfortunately, is that people are getting uh, misinformation from from untrained, unlicensed lay people. Um, and they're turning to medical professionals for answers, but they're not necessarily getting answers from medical professionals. And so, you know, one of my aims is to partner up with medical professionals through Dr. Patel's, right, whether it's as an affiliate, you know, as a wholesaler, as a private labeler, and then not only just partner with them, but to educate them, right, by, by providing them with edu- education, um, uh, you know, and, and support in recommending C- uh, CBD products to patients. So. There's a knowledge gap in the industry, right? People are buying these CBD products, but they don't know how to use them. And they don't know who to turn to for this information. And of course, that gap can be filled by trained and licensed healthcare professionals, like for instance, your listeners. So um, I actually am in the process of creating a course on guidelines to recommending medical cannabinoids, which is Being made available for free. So I'll be sure to send you the link so that your listeners can sign up for that um, and have access to the course. It's probably about in all, I would say, not more than three hours to go through, probably even shorter than that. Um, So it's pretty quick to go through. And in it, I go through the um, basic science of, of the endocannabinoid system, the pharmacology, the indications, the contraindications. Um, at side effects, uh, how to manage and avoid side effects as well. And then drug interactions, you know, what we know so far when it comes to drug interactions and what to expect. Um, so, you know, hopefully that's helpful uh, to your listeners. And then, you know, from there on out, I'm definitely available to answer more questions so they can just shoot me an email.
0: Great. Yeah, that's very helpful. And where can uh, people find you and the Doc Patels uh, CBD information?
1: Sure. So just head on over to our website, docpatels.com. So that's D-O-C-P-A-T-E-L-S. And then um, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at doctor R A C H N as a Nancy A and then Patel, which you probably know how to spell P-A-T-E-L at docpatels.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the Natural Products Resource Center podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It helps even more people to find the podcast episode. We thank you and we hope you'll follow along at NPR Center on Instagram.